0: Welcome to AMBEST Audio.
1: I'm Lori Chortis for AMBEST TV. We're at the Vermont Captive Insurance Association's Annual Conference in Burlington, Vermont. Joining us now to talk about ESG is a panel of three industry thought leaders. They are anne Toll, Global Captive Solutions Leader at Highland, Michael O'Malley, Managing Director at Strategic Risk Solutions, and AM Best Senior Director, Dan Ryan. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Amory, do you think captive managers fully understand the growing importance of ESG? I do think
0: that captive managers are starting to understand the importance of ESG, particularly uh, in Europe, has really started with, with some of the changes that have taken place over there. And I think it's slowly filtering into the Americas because there's a lot of importance now being placed on E, S, and G um, related to corporate governance with many of the companies, the parent companies that hold captives. And I think this is an area that's going to continue to expand. I know I've had several discussions with captive owners here at the VCIA conference, and querying them on if they're doing anything related to ESG, and a lot of it does relate to their investment strategy right now, and then also looking at, are there pieces of some of these areas that can be incorporated into the captive itself from a risk financing perspective. So I think it's an area that's going to continue to grow for captive managers to understand the importance of this.
1: Speaking of the G, the governance side, Many in the industry have said that captives play a a key role in ESG, especially on the governance side. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Right, so when you think about the governance and, you know, whether you're a single parent captive or you're a risk retention group, which can have a little bit more strict guidelines as far as what you need to adhere to from a governance standpoint, I think relating that back and for board members, it is important to understand what their fiduciary responsibility is with being a board member and really plays into the governance aspect. And so as you're selecting board members, whether you're a single parent captive, a group captive member or whatever it may be, I think there should be more importance placed on your responsibilities, what your diligence should be on running the captive and maintaining that captive from the governance standpoint.
1: Michael, how have captive managers, how did they help their parent companies identify ESG issues and implement a strategy to address them?
2: So I think from our perspective it started internally, where we as an organization uh, have embraced ESG, and that expands on to our customers. So it's really having that conversation. I'll expand upon what uh, Anne Marie had commented on, part of our European operations now include an ESG section in every board book. So that's coming to the U.S. That's, it's sort of evolving into here. So I think what we started to do in the U.S. is start to have that conversation um, from an environmental perspective, It's impacting some of the coverage lines that are placed in captives, especially with Windstorm, uh, different zones changing, what can be insured in the captive, what's reinsured. So I think it's as part of that board discussion, it's bringing it up, it's touching on each of the different components and letting the customers know how the captive can help in achieving their corporate goals.
1: So can ESG help captives secure reinsurance capacity?
2: I think more and more, the short answer is yes, more and more, uh, as you're looking to build those reinsurance relationships, the, the reinsurance broker and the reinsurance companies are asking about ESG compliance and what is the policy within each of these companies. So I think it's, it's, the short answer is yes, and it's becoming part of that underwriting submission that gets uh, placed with the market. So I think it's a critical component and a growing one. Great.
1: Anne-Marie, Dan, any thoughts to share on that? Yeah, I would echo um,
0: Mike's points because I think incorporating in and aligning with your corporate objectives, especially for those single-parent captives, I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense, and I think they're going to be held to a higher requirement, as you said, with coming to the U.S., very similar to what they're doing in Europe. And I'll be curious over the next couple of years, and going back to what you said with environmental and climate change, I think this is going to become a... Uh, a larger and larger issue, as we all know, with all the events that are happening, not only here in the States, but around the world.
3: Yeah, and I was just gonna say that, you know, with regulations kind of coming into fold now, um, you know, we had the SEC just recently put their guidance out back in March. They closed their comment period in June. Um, NAIC NAIC has a task force, uh, both on the climate risk uh, side of the house and also on diversity and inclusivity, so I think as as time goes on, I think the U.S. is catching up and it's catching up quickly with Europe uh, and other parts of the world, and it's really just a matter of time, so eventually uh, companies, all companies, whether it's captives, corporations, insurance companies, they will all be uh, kind of responsible for uh, embracing the ESG concept, because there's also capital markets that are tied to all this too. And if uh, if companies don't adop, adopt, uh, they they lose opportunities in the capital markets, which is critical. Yeah.
1: So, Dan, should captives consider ESG investing?
3: So, ESG investing, um, we don't we don't see investing as being a, a critical part of ESG uh, for, for some companies, depending on what they do. Um, in, in 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 fact, oil companies, energy, utility companies. Uh, Investing is a part of getting credit uh, in order to continue to to, um, work on projects, on renewables and things of that sort. So there's a trade there. Uh, So they have to do that in order to get the the financing that they need. Uh, For insurance companies, not necessarily. Um, And I guess the verdict is still out as to whether or not these investments are better performing investments than an ordinary investment. The market itself is expanding dramatically. I mean, exponentially, I would say, over the last two or three years, I think uh, they're expecting at least a trillion dollars to come into that market by 2023, uh, which is right around the corner. Uh, So the flow of funds are there. The dollars are there, Uh, whether it's pension funds investing, uh, the new generation who's very much in tuned to ESG funding. um, It's just across the board. And I think as that grows, I think it just creates this wave of, you know, of, of investment opportunities. But it's not a requirement that we hold out for any insurance company. It, it it's just it just seems to be where the the capital markets are going. Yeah. So,
1: what impact is climate risk having on captives?
3: Well, climate risk is probably the it's probably the most relevant material risk that we look at when we're looking at ESG uh, separately, but at the end of the day, I think it's important to, to, to mention that when we think of ESG, a lot of the components in ESG are things that we've looked at and considered all along in our ratings process. So climate is is a big area that we've always focused on in terms of PML uh, and exposure to weather, right? Weather events, and we've seen over the past decade or two now where um, these risks are getting uh, more and more intense and more and more costly. Whether you look at it as an insured loss in the US or economic loss around the world, uh, those numbers are huge. So it's, it's a very important component. Um, and it really is, it, it, there's two pieces to it. It's, it's the ability to manage climate risk, right? Uh, through data, through modeling, through st- stress testing. So there's an element of governance that, that's part of this whole thing too, which kind of ties in nicely with the ESG. Um, so yeah, we, we constantly monitor climate risk and it, 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 is, it, it is considered to be the, probably the most significant material risk that is posed to insurers and captives at the same time.
1: So what should captive owners be thinking about going forward when they're thinking about ESG? I,
0: I think it's multifaceted as we mentioned between Dan and Mike today and myself it is the, the climate and you're hearing more and more about it here at VCIA and other conferences regarding climate change, parametrics, what can we do to help manage this because it's significant. And then you know, incorporating in the social aspect and DEI initiatives and what are you doing and is there a, perhaps an area that you can finance some of your risk in the captive to help protect uh, some of these issues for the corporate parent. Perhaps and and so I think all of it we need to be thinking about. I don't think you can carve it out in just one section. I think you need to be up to breath you know abreast of all the changes that are happening and seeing how you can incorporate this in to your captive, but also at your parent company level.
2: And and I agree. And I think um, from our perspective, depending upon the captive, what life stage it is in. Um, oftentimes, our fully developed captives that may have an AM Best rating, we were already having these conversations. AM Best asks about ESG as part of the annual rating process, so the, the owners of those captives are already thinking about this. And what we often do is, is really try to introduce these concepts to those early stage captives to say, "This is the future. Here's what's coming, and here's some things to think about." But as Emery said, you know, it's already touching our, our captives on an environmental perspective, so I think it's just going to s- expand in the future years and you know be a critical component and much like Europe, is going to be part of every board book going forward shortly is is sort of what how i how i see it yeah
3: i would agree with all of that and you know at the end of the day let's face it i mean captives whether it's a single parent or a member group captive um it's a collaborative effort right so um you know i think there's a there's a win-win though in that equation right because there's more than one party that's paying attention to this uh, and those that, and those that aren't today will eventually have to. I think that's inevitably where this industry is going.
1: thank you so much. It's wonderful seeing you all back again in person at the conference. Anne Marie, Michael, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Thank, you.
3: thank
1: you. Yep. For AMBS TV in Burlington, Vermont, I'm Lori Chortis.